0: Welcome to a special bonus episode of Beyond Politics broadcast on WKXL and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matt Robeson, and I was invited this morning as we record this Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. I was invited this morning onto the show hosted by our old friend, Howard Monroe, a legendary West Virginia radio broadcaster. And he had noticed that Beyond Politics was honored by the New Hampshire Association of Broadcasters last week for our outstanding feature with former Supreme Court Justice John Broderick. And we had really taken that as recognition of what we strive for in the show, which is excellence. We want to put out smart, engaging, thoughtful, thought-provoking audio and now video as well by the way and I'll get to that in a second and so it was really nice to to be invited onto his show to talk about that and we also talked about some politics I wanted to bring all of that to our podcast and our WKXL radio listeners but I also wanted to ask for your help because as we mentioned in this recording with Howard Beyond Politics is doing really well. We're broadcast all over New Hampshire on WKXL, and we are consistently in the top 10 or 15% of all podcasts on earth, which we're really proud about, and we want to continue to grow. If you're listening to us on radio or on podcast, the very best thing you can do to help us out if you value this kind of thoughtful, engaging stuff is to go and leave us a rating and a review, especially on Apple Podcasts, but wherever you get your podcasts is fine. Just search for Beyond Politics and... Let people know why you find this valuable and why they should check it out as well. And as I mentioned a moment ago, we're also posting more and more of our episodes on YouTube. We're uh, we're working with our old friend and, and previous guest on this show, Cliff Schechter, who has a fast growing YouTube channel called The Takedown. And we've been cross posting these episodes there. So if you wanna search on YouTube for the Cliff Schechter channel, The Takedown, and subscribe to that as well, That is also helpful. Now, look, I know when you ask people for help, you're supposed to ask them for just one thing. So the one thing I want to ask for today is that rating and review, but subscribing as always to the podcast is helpful and subscribing to the video is certainly helpful as well. Thank you all so much for your support. And with that, here is Howard Monroe.
1: Right now, I want to welcome to the show a friend of the program. He's usually here to talk politics. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of that with him. But uh, former congressional staffer, campaign consultant, writes for progressive uh, uh, websites, a broadcaster and a podcaster, Matt Robeson. Matt, good morning. Glad to have you on again.
2: Good morning. It's always great to be on.
1: I, 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 you, you have a podcast, which we have talked about from time to time. In the early days, when you and I first started working together here, we talked more about it. And I want to get into beyond politics a little bit because you actually picked up a nice, uh, nice recognition this week, and I want to get into that. But I got—I—I I, I can't have you on the line without asking a couple of quick political tidbits. All right?
2: Yeah, hit me with the political stuff. Although I've got to hit you. Your prior conversation buried the lead, my friend. It isn't about House of Games or House of Cards or or whatever House of the Dragon. The show you guys are missing out on is called For All Mankind. It's on Apple TV. It's the best thing on TV right now. Wait a minute.
1: Let me write this down. What's it called again, Matt?
2: It's called For All Mankind. It's on Apple TV. It imagines how history would have unfolded if the Russians had beaten us to the moon in 1969. And it's Ooh, I like so that. Smart. It's so stunning and it's it's just it's incredibly clever. It's politics. It's history. It's it's a
1: little bit of sci-fi. There's some drama in there.
2: The drama is actually the worst part of it. Uh, that's my recommendation. All right, now we can do politics. No wait, no wait, I, no wait, wait. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm with, I'm with, uh, I'm with, with Bob. This sounds interesting to me. I love alternate history uh, stuff. You know, uh, what if the South had won the Civil War? Uh, what if World War II had been lost by the uh, by the uh, Allies? So this uh, for all mankind. I think I've seen teases for it, but I haven't watched it. I'm going to have to put that on it's my under list. The radar. So,
2: yeah, it's under the yeah. radar. But, you know, it's uh, that, that's that's my hot tip of the day. Hey, Matt,
1: without giving it away, does that mean we're speaking Russian here in, in West Virginia? No. <laughs> <So,
2: laughs> well, it's it's not quite it's not quite that. I'll tell you. I'll tell you though, it's revealing. Talk about you know, West Virginia obviously is highly tied into the history of the space program because one of the proud sons of West Virginia, Chuck Yeager, was not selected. For the Mercury program, even though he was the most accomplished flight test pilot in American history. And the other set of people who were not selected after initially being considered were a group of women. This is real history. John Glenn shut it down. John Glenn pushed to have them excluded from the Mercury program. And this is one of the great things about the show is they consider well, what if that hadn't happened? What if women had been integrated into it from the start? So there is a West Virginia type, but it's, it's no, no, you're you're not you're not all speaking Russian.
1: We're not all speaking. <laughs> that's that's good because that's the really alphabet will be hard for me to figure out. So I'm glad I'm glad we're not. Let's uh, you know what? Since we're talking about off the off the beaten politics track, let's let's start with beyond politics, and then we'll do. Couple of contemporary things for a minute, but uh, you you do beyond politics. You also have a talk show host a talk show on WKXL uh, in New Hampshire, and uh, your Beyond Politics um, uh, podcast and your radio show uh, were honored this uh, I don't know it was this week, but recently by the New Hampshire Associated Broadcasters. Right.
2: That is that is right. We're we're very proud about that. We received an award for best feature for an interview we did with the former chief justice of the new hampshire supreme court it's a story that's a little bit lost now but made national headlines at the time um his son struggled with substance abuse and uh addiction and and mental health uh, issues and one night uh attacked chief justice john Broderick of the supreme Mm -hmm. court and and nearly killed him
1: his dad
2: his dad and and that's where the story Starts, but it doesn't end there, and we had a really remarkable interview with Chief Justice Roderick and talked about what unfolded from there. And that—that that was the, uh, you know, I learned something when you when you're up for an award, whether it's an Academy Award or the New Hampshire Association of Broadcasters Award, uh, you submit one episode as sort of the, the you know, the the representative of yep. your work, and that was the one we submitted. But you know, the way we took it was look. We work awfully hard on Beyond Politics to present a high-quality show. It's not always the best market strategy to differentiate yourself on the basis of quality. <laughs> I, there are two million podcasts out there, two million active podcasts, and I think it's awfully hard for people to tell difference between ones that strive for quality and ones that don't. But we strive hard for getting fascinating people with fascinating stories, real expertise, real insights onto the show and you know we just it, it's not quite winning an Academy Award but we did take it as some recognition that um, you know we're, we're, we're striving for something that matters and, and
1: we're, we're proud of it well everybody and I think I mean almost everybody says I think I'll do a podcast I mean that's that's the response of almost anybody anymore 2 million active podcasts out there and available and you guys that uh, Beyond Politics Tends to be in the top what fifteen percent of all of them on a fairly regular basis. That's, yeah, that's right. those are pretty impressive numbers.
2: Well, we we're proud of that. We're proud of that. Um, you know, and and back in May, uh, we we got into the top forty for a little while because we had one particular episode, a deep dive history of the roots of the right wing movement in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had that kind of go viral and, and pick up. You know, there, there are ups and downs with it. But, yes, we, we are in that top percent. And, look, um, you know, if people value quality, which obviously your listeners do because they're listening to you, Howard. So if people, if people value high-quality, you know, hard work, high-quality content, I hate that word, high-quality audio, high-quality radio, high-quality podcast. Then you know, do us a favor, look us up beyond politics, subscribe, and leave us a rating and a review, especially like a five star rating, because that really helps. We want to get, we want to go beyond ten percent. We want, we want top five percent, and we want to stay there consistently. And we're right on the cusp. We're almost there.
1: Let's talk about some of the more to you interesting um, off the political fray, uh, off the political trail uh interviews that you've done on beyond politics either recently or in the you know moderately recent past what are some of the ones that that jump out at you that you, you think maybe if we're going to go over to your uh, to the podcast page and start looking for something what are some really interesting ones that you enjoyed doing and that you felt were really useful
2: i had a really fun interview with annie duke who is familiar to many as one of the top professional poker players in the world during the poker boom of the mid-2000s. She was omnipresent on TV. She, you know, she was always in the top tier of tournaments, and she, she gave it all up. She actually she quit. And if it sounds like that's an insult, it's not, because she's just written a book about quitting and about the psychology and the decision science behind why we're so reluctant to quit things when we really should, when you can analyze the situation and turns out you'd be much better off quitting, whether it's in a job or a relationship or a dangerous endeavor you're in. If you're in, a, if you're in a marathon and you break your leg on mile eight, this is something that actually happened to Siobhan O'Keefe, and you keep running, shouldn't you have quit? Well, of course you should have. But we tell ourselves all these stories about, oh, never quit, never give up, never say hi And don't be a quitter.
1: Don't be a quitter.
2: Exactly. And it turns out that we're 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 fooling ourselves. And, um, you know, and so that was that was a fascinating. She tells all these remarkable stories uh, that really explain a better way to to kind of get past these mental traps that we fall into and think just be smarter. Just think better about making decisions and, and recognizing situations earlier where you should stop doing something so you can give yourself the opportunity to put your energy into something else. That, that was a really fun one. Not the usual political stuff, though.
1: You have, um, as I said, now, unfortunately this now is merging in with politics a little bit, but you've done a couple of uh, really intriguing uh, deep dives into the education system as well.
2: Right. We've done... We've done a lot of work uh, on education, and some of that does merge into another podcast we have, Great Ideas, um, which is all about policy. But, you know, we've a lot, and policymakers, all of us, people who are parents, like I'm a parent, you know, we, we're all thinking a lot these days about how to make education work, especially as we come out of the pandemic era in America. What good can we take? from the distance learning experience you know there are good valuable things and we've, we've heard a lot about that um from experts and people who are innovators about you know this is think about a rural state west virginia you know there are there are advantages massive advantages have the concentration of students you know the ability to bring world-class material and teaching and some of the power of uh, computing to bear to help our students so that everyone gets a fair shot no matter where they live that's a that's an awesome idea that a lot of people can get on board with but we all had such a negative experience with remote learning over the past couple years that we've kind of dismissed it so yeah i put in a lot of work to trying to figure out okay well how do we not throw the baby out with the bathwater
1: so beyond politics and great ideas really do go beyond politics and and really take a look at at a variety of different things politics is always front and center for those of us in the game that you and i are in but uh these are some off the off the normal path uh interviews and even when they're political you tend to find some really interesting and different folks maybe to to bring to your to your audience um, you have of course a a partner in crime on your uh, radio station and on the on the podcast of uh, former uh... former congressman i believe correct
2: that's right um, actually uh, a congressman who i worked for i was his chief of staff he's a former u.s congressman from new hampshire and that's helpful because he gets all his old buddies we get a lot of insiders onto the show <laughs> um, you know and there's a certain cachet i mean you know, people people like um, up. so we get, you know, we get people like the the, the famous writer Jonathan Rauch, who won. So it's called it's it's it doesn't matter what's it's called. It's the Pulitzer Prize for magazine writing, and he mm-hmm. writes for the Atlantic. And he wrote a fascinating story on here's what we know a second Trump term would be like, based on what Trump himself has done and said. Uh, but you know, we also get because because of Paul, and I think just because. I mean, you know how it is. You're you're going out and finding interesting guests all the time. Sometimes we just kind of go out and ask. So we had the senior project scientist for the James Webb Space Telescope, Dr. John Mather. He he won a Nobel Prize in physics. The Big Bang happened okay This is the guy who proved the Big Bang and he now leads the science for the James Webb Space Telescope. We had an amazing conversation with him. Last year, last year we had talk about off the beaten path. we had the top UFO video analyst in the world. He's kind of a debunker and we had him on the yeah. show to to walk through, the best video evidence we have, and to sort of break down, all right, here's what we can say, here's what we can't say. That was a fascinating episode. So, yeah, you know, we have um, we we do get quite a great variety.
1: Um, we had, Yesterday we had Stephen Rosenfeld on from the Independent Media Institute piece he had written recently about this question. I'm going to throw this at you, and then we'll take a break and do a little political talk when we come back. Um, the question that Stephen and I were talking about yesterday was, does Donald Trump believe what he says?
2: Oh, boy, trying to get through the mind of Donald Trump. I'll tell you what. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Because you asked that question, I'm going to make it a homework for assignment for myself. Uh, I'm going to try to get Mary Trump, who is both the, uh, Donald Trump's niece and a psychologist, uh, a clinical psychologist. I'll try and get her on the show, and I'll ask her. Um Yes, I I believe he does. I'm going to speculate for a second here. I believe he does in the same way that Steve Jobs used to have a reality distortion field. I think Trump has a reality distortion field. Now, that said, that said, the January 6th committee just showed that there was an exchange between Donald Trump and his chief of staff where he admitted that he knew that he had lost the election. And he continues to lie about it. After, after that, the, the committee subpoenaed him. He sent a 14-page unhinged letter with a big, bold, the 2020 election was rigged and stolen, which is a huge lie, the big lie. So, but we know that deep down he knows that that's not true. We also know that he knew that COVID was going to be deadly back in February. He admitted that on 60 Minutes. He, we, we, we had that. He admitted that to Bob Woodward. He knew that COVID was going to be deadly, and then he downplayed it. So I think the answer is he does live in a reality distortion field, and sometimes he kind of, you know, smokes his own brand. But I think a lot of the time he knows he's full of it too.
1: I've got to make this kind of like a lightning round here, uh, Matt, but I want to get a, your take on a couple of things. Probably not a great surprise, but still kind of shocking. Uh, the report that came out in the Washington Post yesterday that Donald Trump's hotels had charged the Secret Service as much as five times the going rate for them to be in their hotels while they were protecting the president. I mean, that's just a scummy thing to do.
2: Um, yes, on brand. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna, since you said this is lightning round, I'm going to do the, the Joe Biden from that debate. Like, you know, can you... Uh, exhibit message discipline and, and greater brevity. Yes, yes. That is scummy, Howard. It's scummy. Um, I, it could not be more on brand for the man. What can I say? He's he's flooded the zone with so much evil that we we no longer – it's like, oh, is that all? Great. You mean he wasn't actively, like, I don't know, cooking and eating? Secret, Secret Service agents? Fine. All right. that jokes not that bad.
1: Just overcharging the government that he supposedly uh, runs uh, uh, for the people who supposedly are keeping him safe? Yeah, that's okay. Uh, we, we, we expect it's, that, expect that definitely again.
2: Definitely on the totem pole of Donald
1: Trump's crimes, it's pretty low. It's,
2: uh, you know, it's, I, I would think it does not crack into the top 700.
1: <laughs> you talked about this briefly before the break. Just a quick thought. Will Donald Trump testify before the January 6th committee? And was it a wise move on their part to subpoena him?
2: I can't imagine that he will. I can't imagine that he will. You know, any lawyer worth their salt. I I mean, you know the dark joke going around Republican circles is that MAGA now stands for make attorneys, get attorneys. The attorneys that he (laughs) trotted out to represent that to judges, to federal judges that, oh, all of the files from Mar-a-Lago have been turned over, and they said that. they meant Well, that's lying. Lying is wrong. Don't do it to a federal judge, people. And if you're going to testify before a congressional committee, do not perjure yourself. That's illegal. And the possibility that Trump would perjure himself or make matters worse, no lawyer would put this insane lunatic who delivers (laughs) word salads of falsehoods constantly uh, in front you know in a situation where he's under oath um, so I no I, probably not but uh, I guess it's not now were they wise to yeah I think it's a check the box exercise I think they're saying that they they tried one of the things that came out this is kind of a crossover to our, our discussion about you know shows, shows that we've done recently you know the, the show yesterday we had a deep dive. With the two top reporters in the two Trump impeachments who just released a book today, as we record this, October 18th, their blockbuster new book on the impeachments, it's called Unchecked, is out today. And those two authors were with us, and they showed that Democrats missed opportunities in both impeachments, especially the second, by, not, by pulling their punches, but also by not giving Republicans the feel that they had given due process to Trump and it could have changed some votes it could have changed some of the outcome so i think they're checking the box just to say that they gave Trump the opportunity to testify and ultimately they don't expect him to
1: in an interview with the new york times this week marjorie taylor green bless her little heart uh said that if uh, the republicans take control of the house and they probably will and if um, Kevin McCarthy becomes the House Speaker, probably, but not a guarantee, that he is going to have to give her a lot of power and a lot of leeway, and she is going to be calling the shots. Uh, Let me begin by saying, oh, Lord, help us know. And then, is she right?
2: Uh, Quite possibly. So I wrote an article for Newsweek about four months ago. And I think you and I talked about it on this show, in which I said, look, close doesn't just count in horseshoes and hand grenades. It also counts in the U.S. House of Representatives. There's a big difference between a Republican wave that gives them a comfortable margin – and one that leaves them with a very narrow margin, like Democrats currently, as I say, enjoy. They do not enjoy it. Let's be clear. <laughs> they do not enjoy this situation one bit. Nancy Pelosi does not enjoy this because it is so hard to manage a close House margin when you have these pivot people. So, yes, if, it, if Republicans end up with a relatively large margin, a 20 seat or so margin— then, you know, they can afford to ostracize some people. They can afford to sideline some people. They can try and say, hey, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Green, go um, in the corner over there and uh, shut up. Please do not say one word. But if not, if they need everyone, they need them to play ball, then those kinds of figures gain leverage. And that means that they get to go out and do the Marjorie Taylor Green insanity hour every day and in a way, that's, you know, that's, that's a good outcome for Democrats because it shows the true nature of what the Republican coalition has become. So that's why – so the, the short answer is yes, it could very well be true if things are closed. And that's why when you watch election night results, I know we'll all just focus on did Democrats keep the House somehow ma- magically or, or lose it. But there's a deeper question, which is how big is the margin? Because a close margin will matter.
1: Yep, absolutely. Hey, Matt, always good talking to you. Uh, we'll do it again sometime in the near future. Talk more politics. Meantime, I encourage people to check out the web, the uh, podcast Beyond Politics, the award-winning website, if you will, uh, and also check out um, uh, the Great Ideas podcast as well. And they're on almost all of the podcast channels. Uh, I suggest Apple Podcasts might be an easy way to find them. But however you choose to do it, uh, find the podcast, subscribe. And that way, whenever new episodes are up, you'll get them. And uh, always enjoy talking to you, Matt. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, Howard. Check
2: out for all mankind too. Great show. Um,
1: it's, it's on my. It's on my list. I'm going to start looking at looking it up uh, tonight. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank all right, Matt Robeson with us, former congressional. Uh, um, Staffer, a campaign consultant, a uh, podcaster, a broadcaster, a uh, progressive writer for a number of online sites, and a frequent political analyst here on the Watchdog Morning Show.